Welcome to Star Warning. I'm your host, Ponchito Ojeda. Alongside me is 101 Lacrosse, Northern California director, John Murray. John, how you doing today, man? Doing good. Doing good. You know, another slow weekend. How about yourself? Dude, my weekend was, was rocking. We got together with some neighbors down the street. Social distancing in full effect, but tons of fun playing some... Uh, Social distance lacrosse, they had not played much before, and then playing a couple of games of pig and uh, and some bag toss and cornhole. So it was fun. Yeah, classics. What, what did you What did you do? Uh, we trekked down the Napa, tried to get into Home Depot. Saw the line was out the corner, out the door, around the corner. Everyone being six feet apart makes a line look a lot longer than it is. So we had. No intention of waiting in it. Um, went to another like home improvement store. Uh, my fiance was renovating our back deck. Looks a lot better now. Great job, Marissa. There we go. Get some. Uh, so this other home improvement store. Are, they, are you like afraid to say their name? Is it like uh, it's like it's? I don't company? know their name. It's in the whoever knows uh, the North Target uh, business lot in Napa. It's out back there. Uh, it's my. They helped me out in the fires. They sold some high quality flashlights to get us through the blackouts this fall. Um, I would shout them out, but I do not know their name. So. Well, you know, since you can't shout them out, let's let's shout out our our one uh, uh, international listener from the United Kingdom, specifically Oxford. Let's go. Yeah. We're we've gone international on this pod. How do you feel about that, John? I feel it feels great, you know. Lacrosse just breaking borders, getting the international love. Big surprise yeah. to see that we got that Oxford listener. You're close to our heart, every pod now. That's right, every pod. I think about that. I uh, I would do a British impression, but it won't be good. So I'll save myself from that disaster. Uh, hey man. So uh, you know, before we get into any lacrosse stuff, uh, you know, news broke this morning. Legendary coach Don Shula of the Miami Dolphins uh, passed away. Thoughts to his family. Um, where do you see Shula ranking in all time? I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore. You don't win the most games um, of any coach in NFL history and not be on there. Um, I saw some one crazy stat today was 33 um, seasons. I think he didn't have a lose or he only had three losing seasons in 33 years something crazy like that that's um, a long time ton ton of success for that guy yeah big don shula fan also uh was the head coach for the only undefeated team in the history of the nfl uh 72, dolphins. 70, 72, 72 dolphins. dolphins yeah the guys who yeah. pop champagne every year once the last team loses Murphy yeah, morris and, and, in 2017, it was uh, it wasn't until the last game of the year, which is kind of weird. Um, but the Patriots going 17-0, but losing in the in the 18, Super Bowl. 18 and one. 18 and one. There you go. My New York Giants, yeah. baby. Oh, that's right. You're a Giants fan. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I set you up for that. That's awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a not a Giants guy over here. I'm a I I prefer a much better loser than the Giants and the Redskins. So. Uh, hey, but, uh, you know, Don, obviously a great coach, um, really enjoyed, really enjoyed what he did for the NFL, but, uh, 
shifting gears to a different sport in basketball, another legendary coach in Phil Jackson. Have you been watching The Last Dance with uh, about MJ and the Bulls? Obviously. Not much else to do besides watch that every Sunday night. Only got one episode in last night, though. Yeah, I, well, we watch it religiously. Um, although we, you know, we're old, so like, you know, staying up till past ten is, you know, geez. So we watch one episode on Sunday, and then we usually watch one later in the week. Uh, you know, before we get to episode five, what do you think of the first four? I thought it was really good. Um, I like the highlights on like the three big characters on their team with Jordan, Pippen, and Scotty. The Scotty stories were just crazy. Like he would get through with one. You'd be like, that's the most unrealistic, absurd thing I've ever heard. And then he would just top it and just continue the top. And you're, it's crazy. And it's, he's Doesn't one of those. He he's one of those. The story. It's just so like, his so monotone with his, with his yeah. story. And you're like, dude, one, your dad's paralyzed. Like, what do you mean? This yeah. is not like no energy. And it's just what crazy. I, what I was saying is he's one of those guys who in like the social media age would just never be able to exist. Like the stuff he was doing, if everyone had a camera in their pocket, like he just wouldn't be like a, if, if a major pro athlete just did a 40, a 72 hour bender in Vegas, like that would never, ever happen again. Yeah. 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 Oh, you, so you were talking about Robin with those stories. Yeah. The yeah. Different stories are also incredible though. with just his whole family mm-hmm. and like what's happened to his family and the way he tells it and just so like calm and. But you could tell he had a clear family man. But yeah, Rodman's stories are bananas. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> I loved how you know MJ's like, hey, I'm not going to say who I found in, in his bed. And then Karma Lecter's <laughs> like, it was me. <laughs> yeah. And for, oh, for all you young bucks out there, Karma Lecter used to be uh, probably one of the uh, sexiest women alive. And so it was uh, one of those things. She, she was definitely. She was, she was still bringing the heat in those interviews. Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, and she's she's also awesome, right? Yeah. She's just super cool. On top of all that, so uh, but yeah, that was uh, it was hilarious to see that. But then episode five comes, and uh, and we get a little bit more serious about MJ and Magic and yeah. Isaiah. And oh wait, quick spoiler alert! If you haven't watched episode five, hit pause right now. Yeah, don't stop oh. it. Just pause it because we want you to come back and listen to the rest. But yeah. pause it and then. Uh, Jumped a minute, yeah, like actually, I don't know. yeah. Turn turn off the podcast. Turn it back on. Let's get those views up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, episode five, what'd you think? It was really good. Um, I it's amazing to see how much hate Jordan still has for Isaiah. Um, I think Isaiah is you know one of the best players of all time, but he you know not be on that dream team really hurt, and just how much Jordan hates him has hurt his uh, legacy as. One, truly one of the top like five point guards of all time. Well, I love how Jordan was like, yeah, he's probably the best point guard behind Magic Johnson. But yeah, he wasn't He wasn't going to be on my team. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, hearing Kobe talk about MJ was really cool. Uh, yeah, um, it was cool. It was, it was almost yeah. sad because, geez, missed that guy yeah. already. Yeah, I mean, that's it. But like on its own, um, without you know, all the context of what happened, like it was still really like cool insight to just how much of an impact he had on his life. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe was a man. I, you know, the other part about it is I, you know, my wife was, my wife and I watched together and, and she was sitting there and she's like, man, MJ has got an edge to him. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah you yeah. think like <laughs> the way he talked about Clyde Drexler, like 
what that dude he's not even in the same realm as yeah. me that's that's yeah. one thing i thought like you know i born in 92 never really got to see jordan in his prime but whenever people talk about jordan they don't talk about like what made him the greatest like oh he was the best shooter of all time he was the most athletic of all time they just say like he wanted it more than anyone else has ever wanted anything like that's what they talk about jordan like and it's just crazy to see that like something that's not you can't really see on the basketball or with stats being like his number one thing that set him apart from everyone was like his drive yeah, I mean Jordan was Jordan was a hundred percent just a a go getter, and yeah. uh, you could tell that in the way he played. And you know, a lot of people talk about Jordan rules in the NBA, and you know how they wanted him to succeed, and mm. that may or may not be true. But regardless of that stuff, like that dude busted his tail, and uh, it's kind of cool to see this documentary because you can start to see that in in this. You know, you're starting to see that. How it affected his teammates, his, his coaches, you know everything. So I'm I'm waiting for the uh, Steve Kerr punch episode. I need to see that. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I can't wait for every episode. So um, awesome. Well, hey, last dance is awesome. We'll we'll talk about it again next week. Um, for sure. But let's uh, let's move on to our topic of the day, which is the MCLA. For those of you who don't know, that's the Men's Collegiate Lacrosse Association, a collection of teams that are virtually varsity uh, shout out to Jordan Harris um, for that. Uh, if you follow VV lacrosse on Twitter, they are, they're one of the best that cover in the MCLA and Jordan used to coach at BYU. Now he is works and runs VV lacrosse. Uh, but it is a collection of non varsity teams that play uh, club. It's another term for it. But I think most of the teams in the MCLA are striving for something a little bit better than that kind of classic club experience. Um, so John, you know, tell me what were your thoughts on this year in division one, the season recaps or season thoughts? Um, a lot of lacrosse and it's a lot of lacrosse played early on. Um, it's a shame we didn't get to see how it all ended. Um, a little different from your D one or college. It seems like some of these teams got more games in, uh, than others. Uh, but it seemed like there was, you know, a handful of teams who, we're going to be competitive down the end. It didn't seem like there was that one clear cut team. This is blowing everyone out. So the, I think the tournament would have been awesome this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think just like division one, the MCLA tournament has gotten better and better, but you know, I think we were poised to have one of the best tournaments ever. Um, you know, it's, it's got you know, division one a long time ago, you know, first four teams were kind of shoo-ins to make it through the first two first round and then maybe one upset in the second round, but it was generally the top four. And then, you know, more recently you're starting to see more of this of teams like even in the first round games are they're more and more challenging. And I think this year would have been no difference. And I think one through sixteen is just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And it's more fun, it's more competitive, it's more exciting. And I, man, there's eight to 12 teams that I could see winning the title. I mean, yeah, it just depends on who got hot. Right. I mean, you obviously have Virginia Tech winning the title and so did I, but you know, aside from them, there are some other teams that were also pretty good. Yeah. There were Um, some teams, some good early starts. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit, we're going to take our top five games of the MCLA and just kind of try and uh, talk about those games. And then we'll talk a little bit about teams and just let this kind of flow a little bit. 
we have uh, drafted up some final fours that we think could happen. Um, but we'll see how that goes as we kind of go through this process here. So let's just talk about the, the first game. Uh, number number five on our list, if you will. Uh, Utah Valley with their upset win over Georgia Tech. Uh, this was an awesome game for the Wolverines of Utah Valley. They traveled to Georgia Tech yeah. to play that game. You know, Big the most interesting part about it, yeah, the most interesting part about it was they had played uh, Auburn at Auburn on Wednesday night, and they lost nine to twelve. You know, and they play at Tech on Friday night, and you have to think like, you know, Tech. Well, I guess hats off to Auburn. Clearly, moving the needle forward, they've gotten a lot better under Coach JJ Arminio, who is a former Tech coach. But uh, you know, you're coming off a loss, and you're facing the number two team in the country, who looks like they're on their way to being a top five team yet again and you somehow pull out a nine eight victory um it was incredible to watch i watched a lot of that game and you know georgia tech was was great but the utah valley goalie played out of his mind and then utah valley had an answer every single time they needed to and they never let georgia tech get get the game away from them and so it was pretty cool to see them get that w um you obviously tech bounced back and Grabbed a couple of wins right after that, which is awesome to see. You know, so those early season losses aren't a bad thing. But, um, you know, it was that was a crazy game. It's a crazy game. So and it shook the MCLA world for sure. You know. Yeah, big uh, win for West Coast teams. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then Georgia Tech. You know, just to, to toot their horn, right? Because they did they shot they bounced back and beat Boston College fifteen four. You know, on, on that Sunday, uh, and then went out to Arizona and. And and beat the Sun Devils and the and the Wildcats. Uh, Wildcats, thank you. Um, before sticking it to uh, the Gamecocks as well, and and uh, you know, unfortunately for Georgia Tech, they wrapped up the season on a loss to New Hampshire, thirteen twelve. But you know, in all honesty, that was probably a preview of a of a quarterfinal game of someone who was trying to get into the that Final Four. And I yeah. think that's what this uh, this year's tournament would have been like. It would have been super tight like that. So yeah. also transitions into our you know second top five games we got have yeah. smoothly which was the show unh put in in atlanta uh beating south carolina and georgia tech um back to back two big wins um for unh who lost a lot of talent um last year i mean four of their top five scorers graduate um and they come out to that big big um early wins over defending champion South Carolina and perennial powerhouse Georgia Tech. Um, so, yeah, I mean, UNH showed out in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, it's big, big W. And they also, the other part of it that's impressive is that they, you know, they, they had their first game on Saturday, February 29th. So they were at their game number three against Georgia Tech, who was on like game eight or nine or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, to win that early in the season for you is, is huge. Uh, Huge, and it would have, you know, I think UNH is a team that has been knocking on the door to be a, t- a Final Four team for the past couple of years, and uh, I feel like this year maybe was going to be the year they kind of flew under the radar a little bit early, and then they've they hammered down in Atlanta. It was awesome to see them do that. So, um, you know, and they and they got a big win on Saturday of that weekend over uh, Utah Valley. So, um, I'm sorry, no, that's not right. They got a big win on on Saturday over South Carolina, the defending champs. So nothing like walking in that environment. Um, but speaking of 
of teams in the CLC, the Central Lacrosse Conference. Uh, our other game, our third game of the year was Boston College over Chapman. Um, you know, the Eagles flew out to California as they have done a few times. And after a tough start, you know, they, they beat Utah Valley handily 16 to eight, but then they lost to Georgia tech by nine. And you think, okay, you know, maybe they're not there yet. Well, they beat Concordia 16, 13. So, okay, that looks good. But then they lose to Cal Poly 16 to 17, which the final score looked closer than the game kind of appeared as Cal Poly generally had a five or six goal lead in most of that game before BC stormed back at the end. Um, and so you're thinking like, all right, well, where do they fit? And then they take Chapman and they, they win nine to eight in, in Chapman, um, which is a heck of a, a game. And again, I watched a lot of this game and the, the goalie for Boston college played great, you know, and they, he got 16 saves from Yorio defense played well. Offense put the ball in the back of the net when they needed to. It was kind of a, I don't want to say a throwback game because obviously the shot clock's there, so it couldn't be like stall ball. But it definitely seemed like a bit of a slower paced game than I'm used to seeing when Chapman's playing. And so, you know, I think McGurk missed the game for Chapman, um, which is a big loss. He's he's one of their top attackmen. But uh, it's a big win for the Boston College. And, you know, that certainly gives you some, some thoughts of like, was that a preview of... You know, BC and New Hampshire, both CLC teams, um, you know, making the final final four would have been gnarly, right? Yeah, that'd definitely be big for BC. As a Northeast guy for y- yourself, you would have been yeah. fired up to see those two teams go. Um, so BC big one, and then that transits us to our, our game against Cal Poly. Yeah, this was big. I mean, this was the game of the year up here uh everyone was talking about cal poly versus cal um cal poly winning the game 12 to 11 cal poly got off to a big start in this game uh it was like a 5-2 lead in the first quarter and they were able to hold off cal for the whole game uh cal poly's defense led held pistonic to only two goals and that kid was you know scoring a ton this year um so hats off to cal poly um I think this was definitely a Final Four matchup. These are, you know, Cal went to the finals last year. Um, they were set to make another run. Uh, this was probably the best game, I think, in the entire MCLA this year. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a great game. Uh, I did not see this game. Uh, I'm mostly good friends with both those coaches, and I think that, uh, you know, Coach Webster, uh, by the way, congratulations, Coach Webster just had another baby, a uh, baby girl. Um, but coach Webster and coach, uh, Dabrio, they, you know, they've both been there before and I think both of them expected their teams to be there again. And I think this was a, a great matchup of that. And it was, it was cool to see that be a, a tight game. You know, I know last year, uh, Cal Poly did not play them as well as their f- opening game of the season for them. And they did not do as well as they had hoped. And you saw a really good, um, competition this year. With Cal Poly led by uh, on defense by Jack Tunney, former one-on-one lacrosse player, uh, former SI player, who's been awesome. And he's he's I just talked to him, and he's coming back to Cal Poly for a fifth year, which I'm I'm pumped for him. He's an awesome young man. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's cool to see those guys uh, do well. It's certainly a great game. I, I I would like to see those guys playing WCL championship again. It would have been cool to see what would happen there. Um, 
Yeah, games games available to watch online. By the way, quick little Google search. You guys oh, can nice. find this game online. Hey, well, we'll just drop that in the show notes, right? We can do that. Yeah. So, uh, Cal Poly versus Cal, an instant classic, if you will. Um, so that was definitely one of the top games, uh, definitely out on the West Coast. Uh, you know, but one of the, the last game we want to wrap up with is a Southeastern Lacrosse Conference game versus another CLC opponent in Michigan State. It was FSU versus Michigan State, and you know, John, did you have you watched any of this game? I know you're going to talk I, about. I didn't, the, I didn't get a chance to watch this game yet. Oh man! So I, I watched this game, and it was bananas. Michigan State just like sh- was shot out of a cannon, and they went in face off, scoring goals. I mean, literally, if you'd only watched the first like seven minutes, you would have thought Florida State was not going to have any chance at all. And then the Seminoles battled back to find a way to get the dub. It was uh, it was it was a great game to watch for sure. And um, you have no here about Michigan State off to a one and three start, you know? Yeah. Tough so go start. for those guys. Yeah, I mean they're they're still two years removed from their um, national championship, but yeah, they had a a tough start to their season playing uh, Liberty, South Carolina, and Florida State in a row, um, all top twenty caliber teams. Uh, losing, you know, tight. They didn't get blown out. 16, lost sixteen to fourteen to Liberty, twelve to nine to South Carolina, and then twelve to ten to Florida State. So close games, but you know, it's still still a tough start for Michigan State. Yeah, I know Coach Holtz well. I think he does a a really good job. You know, he used to coach at Detroit Mercy, and um, and he yeah, he's a really good coach. And I know he had those guys prepared, and I think. In all honesty, it's his first year, and I'm willing to bet that like these losses were going to pay huge dividends and continue to develop their culture and what they're trying to get. And I think they would they would have been a scary team to see come uh, tournament time. Yeah, because you know if you're you know gonna, they're a top ten team. If you're going to lose, it's best to lose early. Yeah, and, and they were they're great at the faceoff dot. They still have uh, Ostrink attack. They got Bowman out of the midfield. Uh, I thought their goalie was pretty good. They have a couple of long poles. I don't, I don't know all their names, but they're they're really talented. They're super athletic, and and they're they're probably Michigan guys because they're huge. They look like the. I used to always say that we need more like Minnesota or Nebraska guys on our teams because they're like they're as tough as nails and they like eat this, corn their whole life or something. Yeah, the country fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, like they're so tough, and it's like awesome. And you know, there's a couple of Michigan defenders on the team that are totally like that, and they just have that that kind of. You know, tough as yeah. nails, that grit that you need. Um, uh, before I, I we move on, to compete to to be in the final four. Yeah. Before we move on, no no tech games in your top five. Oh man. Well, you, you know this. We talked to this for the pod. <laughs> I mean, I know. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a chance to plug 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 tech right now. Plug, plug, plug the boys. Oh man, yeah. the boys played great this year. I, I I thought it was awesome. We we had our best lacrosse in front of us. We we were competing. I mean, we had a tough loss to Clemson. Those guys are really good, um, but we bounced back just a couple days later. Beat the Seminoles, who I think is an incredibly talented team. And you know, I think game, we were right game, there. Right? Game yeah. of the year for Tech, Florida State. Well, I mean, anytime you avenge a playoff loss from the previous year, that's a big game, right? There you go. Yeah, so that was a big one. Um, shout out to my one senior, Chris Weston. Uh, loved loved coaching, young man. You were awesome. And you uh, definitely left an impression on me and an impression on the program. I can't wait to to get to know you better as a friend as uh, as you kind of graduate from tech and 
and move into business life. So, um, but you're the man. He had a, he had a huge goal by the way in the Florida State game. Weston did, um, big there time. You go. Yeah. So, but yeah, thanks for that chance. I, I love I love the Tech boys. Super thrilled with my opportunity to coach here. Um, they're a great bunch of young men. And uh, yeah, and, and speaking of Final Fours, just so it's clear, like of course Virginia Tech was in my Final Four and in my final championship game. But uh, your non-Virginia Tech Final Four. Yeah, my non Yeah, non-VT uh, Final Four. So uh, let's let's talk about the Final Four. And you know, it was tough. I want to kind of hedge my bets a bit, right? I think Cal Poly was a team that I didn't end up putting in my final four, but I think they were certainly capable of being there. They're number one in the final poll of the, of the, of the year. You know, I think, I think this is one of those things where I, I feel like Chapman and Cal Poly would end up getting seated where they play each other in the, in that quarterfinal game. Um, and I just saw Chapman take another, another W there as Chapman's one of my final four teams. Uh, I saw Cal facing Georgia Tech again in another quarterfinal matchup. And I thought Cal would be able to come out on top. Um, you know, that's uh, they, they only graduated a couple of guys from last year's team. They had incredible talent. And I think they improved the faceoff dot. And I think that uh, BD's just turned into a really, really strong goalie. And I think when, when you have a good goalie, it's, it's tough to beat that. Um, my final two teams are Liberty, who, you know, obviously I see them a lot. I've watched a lot of film on those guys. They are incredibly you talented. You had that one circled. And I, we, we were talking hey, about that. I don't, circle, I, don't circle any, I don't circle any game. They're all circled on my calendar, all right? Okay. But I One that's double circled. Rivalry, circled yeah, twice. Yeah. Circled twice. Yeah, the Liberty. <laughs> The Liberty VT rivalry is certainly uh, something that is very cool. I did remember telling you about that, how that game was yeah. in the fall and interesting. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Liberty I think would have would have been when they been there. They're they're two middies, uh, Nichols and I think it's Miller. I'm not sure it's it's Jackson something or Jackson Carter maybe. Um, whatever those two guys are incredible. And I think they just I think it's hard in the MSO to find two guys to cover players of that level, and the other guys are all capable of hurting you as well. And then the the final the final guy would have been New Hampshire. I just I feel like they're ready, you know. Like they've been on that door like knocking for so long. I feel like this was their year. So, but yeah. uh, you know, Colorado, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Florida State, BC, BYU. Yeah, I mean uh, it's it was uh, crazy this year. All, all those teams, I, all those teams, I think could have made it. Clemson. Yeah. I mean, anyway. Without without seeing more lacrosse, um, it's really tough to narrow it down to four teams. Uh, especially with the talent um, and the parity out here. Any team can get hot, win three or four games in a row, and end up Final Four. Um, yeah, well, then, like, even a dark horse out where you are, like Santa Clara, right? They're 7-1. and one. They have a tough loss to, to Cal that looks bad. But really, if you look at it, they they gave up most of their goals off a three-minute non-release hole penalty, and the player got ejected from the game. So one of their best players gets ejected from the game. And, you know, what, is the, what does the game look like without that? You know, and I don't know. I could have seen any of them. And by the way, Santa Clara assistant coach, shout out former Virginia Tech coach Tim O'Brien. But uh, they, you know, so many teams could have made it. So, you know, that was my final four. It's uh, it's like throwing darts at a dartboard, which yeah. I'm not very good at. I mean, mine uh, echoes a lot from what you said. Uh, I had Cal and Cal Poly, who we talked about a little bit. 
uh, at Liberty as well, which you mentioned, and finally South Carolina, which you did not really mention that much, but defending national champion, um, they had a tough, yeah. tough early loss, um, two early losses. Let's see. I know they lost to. They lost to Georgia Tech. Georgia and Tech New and New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah. yeah, two in a row. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like they figure it out and get back. I mean, like they're still awesome. They have one of the best Facebook guys. Uh, Coach Harkey's done a tremendous job of blending the 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 guys there and getting them to be committed to each other and to the to the program. And. No doubt in my mind they would have been right there. I, I not, wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Final Four for sure. You know? So, um, but, but I think overall, our consensus national champion, Virginia Tech, right? Well, yeah, consensus national champion, Virginia Tech. But, yeah. you know, if you look at our, if you look at our uh, Final Fours, aside from VT, you know, Cal, Liberty, maybe meeting a championship game, you know, I don't know. Uh-huh. So, but I, I wouldn't want to pick a champion just because I think any of those teams could have had it. And, yeah. and and also great coaches in that group, right? I mean, Coach Hartley, he's an MCLA Hall of Famer. Coach Webster, uh, all he's done is win tons of games at Dominican. And then now at Cal, Coach McClellan at Liberty has been you know taking them from D2 all the way to D1 where they've been to two or three SCLC title games. Yeah, I mean, exactly just the, right there. the talent overall, not just like on the field, but on the sideline as well with coaching in MCLA. It's it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see though. It's like fun that we can have this conversation about MCLA and we talk about the Final Four teams. We make this kind of prediction. You almost feel like you almost feel bad because you're like, I know there's like ten other teams that could have made it that I could have swapped in here. It wouldn't be a big yeah big deal. Yeah, I mean, the list was uh, moving around over the weekend. Uh, I mean, we were both kind of looking it over before the show as well. Uh, it's tough when we do these final four teams with so much lacrosse that wasn't played this spring to pick only four teams. Yeah, we missed some like really fun rivalry games too. You know, Tech, Liberty's one of them. You know, Chapman, ASU, um, Arizona, ASU, uh, Chapman, Concordia, you know, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, Georgia. The whole SCLC playoffs, three games in three days, which is like this crazy uh, battle of who's going to survive. You know, Florida, Florida, Florida State, like that's always a big one. And I thought the Gators looked really good this year. Um, yeah, they got a they got a win over us to finish off their season. And yeah, they were making some runs. So yeah, it was uh, it was really cool to see. I love the parity in the MCLA. I love that that continues to improve, and I love that every team is is working harder at being, being great. So, um, John, you know, what, what else do you want? What else you want to hit here? Any, any other great news, anything else you want to talk to the people about? Uh, no, I mean, I just, I've really enjoyed getting to know about the MCLA, um, growing up on the East coast, like this was always referred to as like just club ball. Um, and it's, I feel like it's grown into so much more than that now. Uh, with like full-time coaches who recruit, um, you know, these are varsity level teams. Um, and like, it's not something I was really well versed in before coming out here. Cause it's a much bigger scene out here, but it's been awesome right. to, um, 
meet some of the club players. You know, our one-on-one coaching staff is filled with a lot of MCLA guys um, who are super talented. Um, so it's just something I've really enjoyed. Just, a, you know, seeing a whole other side of the game at the college level. Yeah, you know, we should do a podcast and just like the MCLA and like maybe get a panel of coaches on with to talk about the differences. Because it's so weird. Some people ask me like, well, what's what's the MCLA experience? And I'm like, well, and that depends on where you go. Depends. And I can't even... Yeah. I didn't want to begin to try and say like what it is at Tech versus you know yeah. what it is at Cal. I mean, it's, it's, Cal, you know? it sounds a lot like the Division Three experience where it depends on where you go, what you're going to get out of it. Um, I know my Division Three experience is very different from someone who may have went NESCAC or you know to Salisbury, a school like that. Like, yeah, we're well, in the well, same we're in the same level of competition, but it's completely different. It's night and day. You know. And you want to shout out which school that you went to? Salve Regina University, Newport, Rhode Island, right. baby. Check them out. Uh, John will John will pass me the Salve link, and we'll pop it in the show notes so you can go check out John's alma mater. And yeah, I mean, I think the experience is very widely, just like you said, D three is a great great example of that. So um, awesome, guys. Well, you know, John, anything else you want to say to the people before we uh, head out? I just thanks for listening. Like, subscribe. Give us a review. We still haven't had a written review yet. Would appreciate some feedback. Yeah, it feels a little weird to give yourself a review, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to the pod. Uh, John, you know, as always, good talking with you, and we are going to talk to you guys later. If you have not yet, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pod, and follow us on social media. On Instagram, it's at 101 underscore L. A-X. And it's 101 Lacrosse on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.